0: And here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365.
1: You got your hanging, that guys, John McCall and Jenna McDonald, hanging with you on a Tuesday edition of Birds Three Sixty Five. As the countdowns continue, we're getting that much closer to the first Sunday. Yeah, we think the Eagles are playing on a Sunday. We know they're playing on a Monday, week number two. But Sunday, yeah, first, uh, second Sunday in September is now just one hundred and twenty-four days away. Mac, man, I do want to start with the schedule. We're going to get to uh, the availability of one James Bradbury in just a second. And we got two good guests joining us today. We'll give you the details on that in a sec as well. Um, You and I were just discussing before uh, we came on the air that on CBS, they just made an announcement. Big Christmas Day matchup. You're defending Los Angeles Rams against the newly piloted by Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos. As a big Christmas Day showdown. So I asked you, and you quickly grabbed a calendar for me, what day is Christmas this year? And you said December 25th. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Mr. Wise Guy McMullen. Yeah, that one I had noted. I went what day of the week? And Tone, our producer, jumped in and said it's Sunday. I said, No, it can't be a Sunday because then why would they make a big deal about it being the Christmas Day showdown? All the games will be on Sunday, there'll be 14 christmas day games you suggest maybe the nfl moving an entire weekend slate because it falls on christmas
2: yeah pretty much uh you know remember that's after the college season so they do a lot of that saturday shifting very true um um, so that helps out it's interesting you know they wanted to make christmas you know christmas had traditionally been the nba's day and the NFL can't let anybody have anything. So they've been trying to ramp up Christmas in recent years as sort of another uh, reason to sit down and watch football as if anybody needs it. Uh, and they've gone down that route. They're going to continue to go down that route. But, yeah, that's my first guess is most of the games are going to be on Saturday. And then they're going to have a targeted few on Christmas Um Probably probably two they'll probably. I think that game was afternoon um, I didn't see a time on it hmm, I'll have to look it up probably two I would think they'd have a late afternoon window and then uh and then uh a night game would be my guess, but we'll see uh four thirty yeah that game's gonna be four thirty eastern on CBS and Nickelodeon. As well Ooh. as Paramount Plus for you streaming fans. It's a, it's a Nick
1: game, huh? Yeah. Uh, I think you got slimed. Right. Get slimed. <laughs> they'll play the late afternoon and then they'll have a Sunday night uh, game, which the two, the, as of now, the game that I probably watch least any year in the National Football League last night, National televised game, is the Thursday night Thanksgiving game. Because you've already watched two guaranteed games during the day. You've stuffed your face. You're completely tired. (laughs) There might be some cocktails involved. I probably, and one I do remember for a long time, is the fact that that was a butt fumble night for Mark Sanchez and the New York Jets, uh, trying to forget that one. I'm sorry that I actually was paying attention to that game. Uh, Yeah, that one I don't sunday night christmas night yeah is that yeah. gonna be a big ratings win for the nfl
2: well everything yeah i mean i mean they never yeah, they, they show up they don't even have to yeah. play and
1: they're gonna get a uh 18 rating but i'm talking the about the problem it.
2: is they're they're harming families around there you know you get in trouble when you're trying to watch the game and you you, you got all that that's the biggest issue <laughs> you know you break up a lot of families, start a lot of arguments, but nobody's scared. Of them. Yeah, they get good TV ratings. I mean, you know, you mentioned that that extra Thanksgiving game for years, obviously, it was the Lions and Cowboys. So just the Lions and Cowboys, and so we supper through those Lions games. They're usually the in, uh, early window, and you know they added that third game, and it's usually a pretty high-profile game. So that's how they do it. Um, they try to, the best game is usually at night, depending on where the Cowboys are, obviously, uh, if they're contending or not. But those Lions games, the the only bigger tradition than the Lions on Thanksgiving is the Lions being bad on Thanksgiving, and everybody's got to suffer through it. So, um, yeah, I mean, people watch the NFL, it's the only thing they watch. Everything else is nosediving in TV ratings. The NBA does well in playoffs. Um, and the NBA does well on Christmas, which yeah. they're going to go mano a mano with the NFL this year. Yeah. Well, they've been doing it. They've been doing it for a couple of years now. It doesn't work out well for the NBA. Uh, yeah. You know, but everybody expects that. Um, it's amazing. Uh, the NFL's popularity. Um, and, you yeah. know, they're looking for more of these, <clears throat> excuse me, more of these vehicles, Jody. I know one of the things with Amazon getting involved this year, they want a black Friday game. Evidently they can't get it together this year. Right. It's not going to happen until yeah. 2023, but it's coming down the pike and, you know, everybody wants this product and they're trying to find a, a, a niche. Um, you know, and I've argued, I don't, I don't like Thursday night games for a lot of reasons, uh, mainly because there's no prep time and, and it generally leads to um, probably worse football, but, you know, casual fans aren't paying attention to that kind of stuff. And obviously the teams hate it with no preparation, especially if you have to travel and they do the best they can. As far as, you know, they're not going to make teams go from Philadelphia to Los Angeles or, or vice versa on a short week. But um I've never liked Thursday games, but people like them, uh, you know, black Friday. I'm probably not going to like that, but people are going to like it Christmas day. I don't like it. People are going to like it. Uh, it's, you know, it, you can't stop. Uh, uh, I, I always say, you know, how many times have I said on the show, Jody, the real power isn't Roger Goodell isn't even the owners. They have significant power. The real power in professional sports as television executives and the and the ones who sign those those big, 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 big checks. And they want what they want for the money they're giving them. Right. They
1: they dictate <clears throat> terms, which uh, if you're right, if putting up zeros on the end of a check, you can do that. And there are uh, outlets that are willing to do that. Shoot, I heard Amazon was just to move the one game to Friday, was willing to go a hundred million dollars <laughs> just to move one game, yeah. one. Not an entire yeah. weekend's games, just yeah. one game on one week. They were willing to put up a check for a hundred million bucks, <clears throat> which means like three, three million dollars for each of the owners in the league, and they go, "Nah, we let, let's talk about it next year." <laughs> Man, that's good. You can turn your nose up at a hundred million dollars. Um, so if they're gonna have a full scad of games on Sunday, uh, on Saturday of that week, where are you gonna be? Uh, if if you gotta take it on the road. <laughs> Sometimes you don't get out till the next day or whatever. Wife's not going to be happy with you. You spend Christmas morning in an airport in Phoenix, Arizona, big guy.
2: Yeah, it's possible. You know, every editor I've ever worked for has said the same thing when the holidays come around. It's it's the life we chose, (laughs) gentlemen. And I'm like, first of all, It's correct. I mean, it's part of the job and you, you, you got to get through it, but I mean, it's not like we're going off to war or something. It's like, you know, we still get to watch sports for a living. Um, and a lot of people would be happy to do that, but yeah, it creates some problems when you're for people who are married and have kids and it creates many, many problems, but it is what it is.
1: We did get news of the Eagles opponent in week number two, one of these leak games, which they, did you try and tell me? Yes, it wasn't leaked. Oh, it's a planned leak. It's a leak. It's not like unplanned. And a lot of times when you use the word leak, that you think of ooh, somebody got a, his hands on a piece of information and put it out when he wasn't supposed to. Oh, no, they're supposed to. But the big reveal is Thursday so they're leaking it out bit by bit by bit, including yesterday we found out Eagles going to be the back end of a doubleheader, and it's kind of an overlap doubleheader is what it is. Uh, they're going to have one game start at 7.15, a second game, which will be the Eagles and the Vikings, starts at 8.30, which is the network game. Well, ESPN is pretty much a network. The first game is on ESPN at 7.15. So nationally, not everybody might be tuning in for the kickoff of the Eagles game. They might join it a, l- a little bit later In progress but uh, Vikings week number two new coaching staff in Minnesota could turnover of the coaching staff in Minnesota what's the line gonna be Eagles at home week two versus the Vikings Kirk Cousins coming in to go against Jalen Hurts what do you think the line on that game is gonna be
2: I'm surprised it's not out and now that you bring it up um I think the Eagles will be favorite. I mean, you have a rookie head coach coming in. We don't know what the heck Kevin O'Connell's going to be as a head coach. And, you know, Kirk Cousins has that weird uh, inability to win on Monday nights. So people generally put a lot into that. Um, yeah, I expect Minnesota to take a, a – a step or two back, they have a a, a rookie GM who looked kind of overmatched as well on on, on draft night. So I, I and the Eagles seem to be trending in a positive direction for the most part. They have some, you know, some issues. We talked about the secondary and we'll probably continue to talk about the secondary until this year Steve Nelson comes in two two days before camp or whomever it might be, and we'll talk about James Bradbury in a bit. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear the Eagles are going to be favorite in that game. So, you know, by how much? I, I I think, you know, I said, I saw, I got, well, somebody sent it to me. after After day one of the draft, the only teams that Super Bowl odds went down was Minnesota. <laughs> Because you know, people looked at Quasi uh, Adopa Mensa, and he went down twenty spots to get uh, to go up twelve spots in the second round. He got an extra third-round pick. It just it didn't make any sense. And they ended up getting Lewis Seen with the thirty-second overall pick. He might turn out to be a great player. Nobody knows. I mean, he was certainly very good at Georgia. Um, didn't make a lot of sense and you know i know mike sando uh, does great job for the athletic uh, talking to a bunch of executives about each team there was a lot of executives going what the heck is this guy doing uh and saying you know that's pretty much a rookie mistake so rookie head coach rookie gm eagles ascending they're descending yeah the eagles are going to be comfortable favorites
1: Speaking of uh, wagering, the team that went down most for after the draft, as far as their Super Bowl odds and then thereafter, was the Tennessee Titans. That Howie Roseman's pocket, uh, he did the picking on on AJ. He, he
2: did the Saints. He did the Titans.
1: You know, Howie. Same, Howie how he, yeah, you're beating up on Mickey Lumen. The Saints did not go down, John. Mm. Despite the fact that you say yeah. Howie Roseman can committed highway robbery.
2: Saints yeah, I, don't, go I don't. I don't. I don't know what people see with the Saints. I don't know what Mickey Loomis sees with the Saints. I think Peter King was writing about the Saints, and the Saints think they're ready. I look at the Saints, and I go, "What am I missing? What am I missing? They They've lost. Oh, they lost a Hall of Fame quarterback over the past few years. They lost a Hall of Fame coach. They're rolling out with Dennis Allen and Jameis Winston, and they're ready to win. What am I missing, Jody? No, they were
1: winning with Jameis before he got hurt. Uh, Eagles played the Saints this year. I'm hoping it's in the second half of the season because there's a better chance that Jameis is hurt in the second half than in the first half. Give me Taysom Hill again. You give me Taysom Hill calling the signals for the Saints. I love the Eagles' chances. Hey, Jameis Winston, it's more like a toss-up. So uh, we will get the schedule as of Thursday. It's going to be broadcast on the NFL Network, ESPN. It's going to be absolutely everywhere. Uh, We already know one Eagle game, but we got to figure out 16 more. We'll find that out on Thursday. All right, we got a couple minutes before our first guest joins us. We've been talking about this for weeks, the fact that James Barry could become available, that the Giants, uh, in the contract that they did with him, put themselves in a bad cap spot. The new GM, Joe Shine, is having to deal with the mess that – the former GM left them and they have decided that Bradbury is the biggest issue that if they could move away from him in the third year of a deal, they could save the most cap money. They tried to trade him. The rest of the national football league Eagles included rightly demise, uh, surmised that, yeah, they can't trade him. Uh, they're they're going to release him. If they don't trade him, they're going to release him. So well, we don't offer him anything. And then we'll be able to get, Bradbury on a contract we would negotiate rather than the huge number that the Giants signed him to. They officially had to pull the plug yesterday and they released Bradbury. Um, Eagles are in good cap space to be able to make a play. Not the best cap space in the league, kind of middle of the road, but how he is good at working the cap and finding spots. What do you think the cost of Bradbury is going to be? And are the Eagles in that conversation?
2: Um. I, I don't think they're going to be in the conversation because I think it's going to be a little bit pricier than uh, people might think. Um, and, you know, I think the Eagles would get in at the more cost-effective price. Now, you know, people are probably getting tired of hearing me say that because I say that all the time. And, you know, there are, and and Howie Roseman has told me this, and there are players that... Eagles will go all in on, and you just saw one AJ Brown, yeah. Brown. Um, and he's true to his word, so it's kind of always dependent on the evaluation of the player. I don't think they're going to evaluate James Bradbury as anything more than an upgrade, a good player, not a great player, which I think is right. So, I don't think they're going to go overboard, is basically where I am, and I think certain teams. And we've already heard the Chiefs who probably are closer to being um, a Super Bowl contender. I think that's still fair to say. The Raiders um, are, are seemingly going to be involved in maybe sort of having, you know, two teams in the same division create a, a bigger market. Uh, that could be a potential possibility that would certainly help James Bradbury. Um I don't think the Eagles are going to get him unless for some reason the market's not there. And I don't, I don't think the market isn't going to be there. I think, you know, Bradbury's going to have a number of suitors. He's not going to make what he was scheduled to make in with the giants, which I think was 13 million or, or something in that range. Um, But I still think he's going to be in the nine, 10 million range. And I think that would be a little bit, too much for where the Eagles want to go. And by the way, I don't agree with that. I like the player. I think he's a good player. I think he can improve this team dramatically at a at a position of need. I think he's a perfect fit for how much they want to uh, how much zone they want to play. Um I like the player. I just don't think the Eagles probably like the player as much as I do. And and
1: or I cuz I like Brad a lot. I said it a bunch of times here on Birds 365 last year. Giants are not a good football team, and the Eagles lost them, which was unacceptable. Uh, The only thing I liked about Giants was their secondary, and a big part of that was Bradbury. They had made a smart signing when they brought him in from Carolina. Uh, The contract maybe could have been done better, but he played tremendously his first year with the Giants last year and played pretty damn well. He was uh, a top-ranked cornerback, I think, Pro Football Focus had him in the top five or six in the league this past year. Yeah, why wouldn't you have an interest in a guy like that if you're the Eagles? Uh, It doesn't make any sense to me if they just made a commitment to A.J. Brown, which we all love the fact that they did because they kind of fainted us that, well, we're not going to be dictated to when other people are zigging. We like the zag. And then they zigged right in and spent as much money as they did for A.J. Brown. That's what you got to do in the NFL these days. That's what you have to do if you want a player the caliber of uh, Bradbury. He's a top 10 corner. A.J. Brown is a borderline top 10 receiver. So you go to uh, the great links to pay the wide receiver, but you won't go to the great links to pay the good corner. Don't they go mano a mano against each other? If you've got a great wide receiver, you need a great corner to stop him. If you've got a great corner, you got to get the great wide receiver to beat him. What's the difference between wide receiver and cornerback that you're willing to quote unquote, go all in for the wide receiver, but not for the cornerback.
2: Well, I think there's a lot of reasons. And I was surprised that the Eagles were going to go that high for, um, AJ Brown, to be honest as well, but he is very young. Um, uh, you know, 24 years old, even though he's played three years. So Bradbury, just looking it up, he's going to be 29 in August. I think that's a uh, a, a big difference. I, I, I don't think he played as well last year as he did his first year uh, with the Giants. That's a little bit of a difference. Um, he gets a knock um, as a zone corner, and he is a zone corner. Um, but people value press corners more than zone corners, so that's a knock um except the eagles gonna play a lot of zone yeah well last year is any indication why wouldn't you go out and get one of the best
1: zone quarterbacks rather than say oh well, yeah. we don't want him and that's, said, <laughs> why, and that's why, why i said we're gonna play zone
2: and that's why you be
1: willing to pay for that
2: and that's why i i'm just talking about the financial part why why he's taking some hits um as opposed to a a player like a.j brown um and and those are some of the issues Um, and and the biggest one would be age. I mean, 29 versus 24. Um, uh, But yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised that the Eagles went as high as they went for AJ. I'm still surprised uh, they went that high uh, for AJ Brown. But I don't think it's going to be a trend. I don't think it's, it's evidently they really, really like the player, and he's one of those players they're willing to go all in on and I don't think there's a whole lot of that type of players, and I think if you're talking about the equivalent of a corner, you know they're they're indicating with that contract that they think you know a j Brown is top ten, certainly, maybe even top five um and i don't I don't think they look at Bradbury as that type of corner a top five corner, really. And you think a, you age. think
1: you think that AJ Brown is a higher rated wide receiver in the league as compared to all the other ones than Bradbury is against all the other corners? I'm
2: saying that's what the Eagles evidently think. I, I have Brown and we ran down the list the one day on the show. I think I had him at twelve or thirteen. Right. Same I, here. I think the Eagles have him higher than that. Or or they think he can go higher than that. Uh and part of that is, you know being 24 years old and already already being proven. Whereas if if you talk about, you know, great corners, you know, who are the names people are going to go to first? They're going to go to Ramsey. They're going to go to A.J. Terrell in Atlanta, who had a great season last year. They're going to go to Slay here. They're going to go to Marshawn Lattimore. Um, They're going to go to J.C. Jackson or somebody like that. Um, who makes a bunch of interceptions. Um, they don't generally go to zone corners when they talk about the top corners. Uh, they go more of the press variety. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's the way the, the, the market sort of shakes out. All right. We'll continue to uh, debate a little
1: bit on what Jim Bradbury could bring to the Eagles if they were to sign him. But our first guest is in the green room waiting on us, so we'll take a quickie timeout and then <laughs> come punch him up. Scott Grayson from Fox 29 is going to jump aboard. Birds 365.
3: field of life first trust Bank is there for you because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank
4: do you stream on a Roku fire stick Android TV or Apple TV now you can watch 6 ABC 24/7 with the 6 ABC Philadelphia streaming app the big story and I can search 6 ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today
5: to learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us,
6: IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
7: Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's
6: for this, this, this... So good, it just disappears.
1: You got Magamac here on Bird Street 65, McMullen and McDonald's. (laughs) <laughs> Hanging with you for uh, plenty of time here today. We've got a third party to join in for the mix. Does a great job on all of the broadcasting does on Fox 29, but specifically when he's talking Eagles football, Scott Grayson, good enough to jump aboard. How's your offseason
8: going, Scott? Oh, it's been going pretty good. How about you guys? Plenty to talk about all the time, right?
2: Nah, thank God for the Eagles, Scott. <laughs> There's always something with this team. It usually starts with Harry Roseman, so we'll start there. What did you think of it? Uh, how he's maneuverings on day one specifically of the draft and you know J- trading up to get jordan davis trading out to get aj brown which is one i didn't see coming especially with the 25 million dollar price tag on the back end what were your immediate thoughts after that first round
8: you know i i after the first round i did uh, i did that i sat and i thought well what did Howie do and how do i feel about it and uh Frankly, I think what I saw out of out of Howie was a bit of an evolution and um, you, you know I, I, I think what drives me crazy is the people who will sit and do something the same way for 20, 30, 40 years and and never change and never evolve, never try to find new ways to uh, ultimately get to where you want to be and and I felt like Howie had been that way in the past and I, I, I what I saw here with the trade specifically to get AJ Brown, uh, as you said, moving up a little bit, we've seen him move up in the draft a little bit in the past to get somebody. We've seen him move down and out the trade to get AJ Brown was very telling to me. And that was, that was the time I said, wow, maybe this guy is evolving just a little bit and seeing a different way to go and get something. I we've all seen these first round wide receivers, minus Devonte Smith um, just be misses. He cannot evaluate or get the right guy in here uh, out of college to come in and, and succeed. And they knew they needed another receiver. Zach Pascal, we all knew, was 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 okay. Uh, that was not the guy that was going to come in here and, and, and really move the chains down the field uh, specifically by himself. A.J. Brown is that guy, and he went out and got a need. He got a need on the offensive side of the ball to really help Jalen Hurts. And, and I feel like when I stopped and looked back at it that I saw an evolving Howie Roseman, somebody who was willing to do something different um, to try to succeed. And, and frankly, I, this was one of the best first rounds, in my opinion, that I felt right after the draft. And we know last year they got some good players, Landon Dickerson being one of them. But you needed time to really feel that way. Uh, here, I, I, I like I like how he did. And uh, I haven't said that a lot in the past.
1: <laughs> what Jeffrey Lurie said uh, prior to the draft was that we're kind of a now and a later team. The year before was... Yeah, where he didn't use the word rebuilding, but transition. Um, He kind of tried to measure expectations for the team, knowing they're going with Jalen Hurts and didn't know what level he's going to be able to play to. They're trying to walk that fine line this year, Scott, of worried about today and tomorrow at the same exact time. And I believed it when they said it. But when they traded for A.J. Brown, didn't they at least lean, if not move completely into the now lane? And if that's the case, if they're in the now lane, how do you not go out and get a guy
8: like James Bradbury when he becomes available? <laughs> uh, I agree with everything you said, although I, I feel that they are in the now and later. I think we're, we're, we're saying the now because, look, I, I, I thought about this too. A year ago, we went into the season saying, we don't know what we have in a head coach. We don't know what you have in a quarterback. Uh, hopefully, by the time we're done, we didn't know what we had in a defensive coordinator. Hopefully, by the time the season was over, we would feel better about at least knowing one way or another whether you had a guy or you didn't have a guy in any of those positions. I left the season, I don't know about you two, feeling like none of those questions were really answered well. I felt a little better about Sirianni. Wasn't sure about Gannon. All the times I kept getting frustrated with him, I felt like the argument in his case was he didn't have personnel, And, and, uh, and that was certainly the case. Injuries certainly cost him a little bit and some of that, but they didn't have the personnel to run what he wanted to run. And then with Jalen Hurts, you could easily say, well, he didn't really have a lot of weapons around him. uh, And Sirianni's offense at times was a little um, conservative. Uh, So, and it was one thing at the beginning of the season, it was totally different by the end. So now with A.J. Brown, you're saying, yes, you have a team, you have an offense right now that, that I feel like between your offensive line Uh, The weapons he now has uh, between Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, you put Zach Pascal in the slot, Miles Sanders in the back, you got Dallas Goddard at tight end. This offense can win. The question now, and, and I think what you can say as far as later is, the weapons are now there for Jalen Hurts to fully be evaluated. What will he be? At the end of this season, we have to know. Either you have a quarterback or you don't, because you got the weapons around him to try to produce. As far as Gannon goes, as far as Sirianni goes, I think Gannon's now got some weapons on his side of the ball. Uh, He's got some personnel that clearly he wanted to go get. I love the pick in Kobe Dean. I really do where they got him. Um, I think Jordan Davis is a good get. You're showing the understanding that clearly Fletcher Cox is starting to wear down, and I would not be surprised if you see some of the the, the revolving on the line, maybe to help make sure Fletcher Cox is effective at the end of the year, as much as he is at the beginning of the year by spelling him and giving Jordan Davis some opportunities, you got Brandon Graham back as far as Bradbury. Look, they need something. Uh, and and I'm fully uh, to me. Bradbury is the typical go back to the way Howie Roseman has been. He's that one year prove it deal guy. You say, Hey, we'll keep you in the division. You can light up the giants twice. And the Eagles clearly have a need opposite Darius Slay. They do not have that position plugged yet. And you're running out of opportunities or guys you can put out there. So I would go and get Bradbury in that one year, maybe two year, kind of show me deal that Howie Roseman does with guys. Uh, you know, Bradbury did not have a great year last year, but he played for the Giants. And they were in some tough spots uh, as a defense. And I'm willing to say, uh, go out and get him. Let him be opposite Darius Slay. And and I think that, yeah, that would show me now, too, Jody, that you are saying now if you go out and get that guy and help plug that hole on the opposite side of Darius slide
2: Well, Scott, you bring up uh, a lot of good points about this offense and the playmakers and what they've – it's interesting, the one domino have everything kind of fits into place. We said before A.J. Brown, they don't have enough. Now that they have A.J. Brown, they got guys all over the place. The one domino and everybody fits into their proper slot. Um my question to you, when Jody and I have fun with this all the time. I look at the New Orleans Saints, and I'm I, you know, i looking under papers. I'm like, what am I missing? What am I missing? Mickey Loomis thinks this team is a contender. What the heck am I missing? Would you rather have that knucklehead or Harry Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie who are always trying to serve two masters? Like, he thinks he's going to win. He loses a Hall of Fame coach. He loses a Hall of Fame quarterback. No, I'm going to win. I'm going to trade. You know, New Orleans and half of Houston for Chris Olave, um, which ended up to be, because I think I have a chance to win football games this year. Which type of general manager would you rather have?
8: Well, I agree with you in the sense that I, I, I don't think they made the best deals down there. No,
2: they to, did not.
8: But. to, 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 to win. And, and, and as we've seen in the NFL, one bad deal can set you back years. Um, you know, if you if you don't have the resources and the assets to be able to, you know, fix a problem. And that's what the Eagles had. They did dig themselves a hole into Howie's credit. He found the assets to be able to start getting themselves out of that hole. You know, and in everything we talked about, he rolled a first round pick over tonight. He has two first round picks next year. So he still has the ability to fix some holes and issues next year. I, I, you know, I, I have not been a Howie Roseman supporter, but there's a lot of things how he's doing that keep you from being the New York Jets, that keep you from being the, um, you know, the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the 80s. Uh, you know, he's keeping themselves in the position to fix some problems. Now, are they going to be able to fix them to win a Super Bowl? You know, that, that's a big ask. But to be able to fix them and be competitive, you know, whether they deserved it or not, they did get in the playoffs last year with a new coach, with a new starting quarterback, with a new defensive coordinator. And, you know, to answer your question, John, I, the Howie Roseman I saw this year again was a Howie Roseman that looks like he evolved a little bit. You saw Jeffrey Lurie kind of kind of sink back a little bit into the background, um, where owners really should stay. Now we know he's not going to stay there. He can't stay there. He's incapable of staying there. But <laughs> I, 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 so I saw this team really trying and making an effort to to push this ball forward to make this team better. To set itself up for success they have jason kelsey's replacement ready they've got an offensive line that is younger um that is is shown to be talented um you know i love jordan mailada that was a gold mine they found in him they had to be patient for that to happen but it's now here uh i, I just you know to answer your question between those two choices i'll take Cowie and jeffrey and you know, I think this, I, I think this team's going to do some things this year. And perhaps I'm starting to buy in a little bit too much or drinking the Kool-Aid, as some would say. But, uh, you know, I want to see how this – I think the onus now is clearly on Jalen Hurts. You've got weapons, as I said before. Nick Sirianni, you've got weapons on offense. Show me some creativity. Get this ball to these guys in some space. You know, because if you're a defense, who are you going to double? Who are you going to double team now? Can't double Devontae Smith. You're going to leave A.J. Brown wide open. You can't double A.J. Brown because you should leave Devontae Smith open or Dallas Goddard over the middle. You've got some guys that can catch the balls out of the backfield. Uh, To me, guys, I think the onus and the pressure really is on Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni to produce as an offense. And, frankly, now the pressure should be on Jonathan Gannon to to produce as a defensive coordinator and show me some creativity on that side of the ball. And, And by doing that, I think the pressure is now off of Howie Roseman a little bit more than it was, say, a year ago.
1: All right, let's uh, double down on something you just said. Creativity in Nick Sirianni. Last year, and I think to Sirianni's credit, when the passing game wasn't what it was supposed to be, put the blame on Jalen Rager, put the blame on uh, Jalen Hurts, choose whoever you want to uh, for the passing game not being what it was supposed to be. The Eagles rightfully decided, damn, you know, we could run the football. It won't be exciting. It won't be creative, and Scott Grayson may get on our case for it, but we'll win football games and we'll make the playoffs. And damn if they didn't do just that. We know the owner likes to throw the football. He believes it's a vertical game. Most people around the game believe it's a vertical game. You got to be able to throw it to win. The Eagles are going to throw it more. We know that with the addition of A.J. Brown. But if they have to run to win it this upcoming year, Will we question Nick Sirianni and his lack of creativity?
8: If you're winning, nobody's going to question you. That's always rule number one, right? Uh, You know, some people will always question. I shouldn't say nobody. That's that's too definitive of a statement. But if there were, you know, if we had a fourth screen on here and it was Nick Sirianni with us, uh, three out of the four of us would say, "Listen, you got a new quarterback. You want to ease him into things. You kind of want to like." start with a tight leash and let it go out as the season goes on, build up his confidence a little bit. I'm pretty sure the three of us would not be throwing the ball like he was early in the season. I think he just put way too much on a brand new quarterback uh, and frankly set him up to fail early in the season. Um, To his credit, he did recover from that, saw the errors in the ways and found a way to move the ball down the field. That was a little more productive. It was a little more sustained, found a strength in his offensive line and ran with it literally. And, I think that was, um, you know, talk about evolution as I was with Howie Roseman, That showed me a guy who's not committed to his ways, and darn it, we're going to win this thing one way or another, and or one way and only one way, and that's to pass the ball. He did show the ability to run the ball. Now the Eagles have a bit of a reputation as a running team, which yeah. early in the season I would imagine these defensive coordinators are going to be scheming to try to help make sure they can stop that run. You do obviously have to pay attention to the weapon they got on the outside and A.J. Brown, as we said, but – I think there's an opportunity now with a year under his belt for Jalen Hurts to become maybe more of that passing quarterback. And we can all debate until we're blue in the face whether he has the arm (laughs) to do it, whether he has the vision to see the guys open downfield because he missed guys, you know, last year. And that was well documented. But I see in Jalen Hurts a guy who wants to be a leader, a guy who wants to succeed, and a guy who I have no doubt has been spending the offseason really, really trying to make himself better uh so in those ways i think you will see more of a passing game this year from the eagles when you get aj brown out there i don't know how you're not Um, but if you can take what you did well last year mesh it with a better quarterback who should be more evolved uh in understanding the nfl game with a head coach who's now got a year of calling the plays and running the plays with this team uh, under his belt a little better guys I, i mean frankly if it's not a better passing attack then. I think Sirianni and Hertz have failed.
2: Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. It's a little bit counterintuitive, Scott, but that week one game in Atlanta really hurt the Eagles because it was such a success and they thought, oh, we're going to be able to move the ball. We're going to be able to throw it. And then all of a sudden you're two and five and you go, oh, he's probably not ready for all this. And then you have to scale back, and the Eagles did a, a good job of recovering. But, yeah, that that success, that early success may have hurt the Eagles, certainly Nick Sirianni. Um, but with A.J. Brown, I mean, it, and, and people say this all the time, and I, and they're right, and they say the Eagles aren't paying Hassan Reddick $15 million to not rush the passer. So when they talk about where is he going to play – doesn't matter. You can call him Sam linebacker, edge rusher. He's going to rush the passer. So when people say that, they're 100% correct. But then they start talking about, well, are they going to run the ball? They're paying A.J. Brown $25 million. They want to throw the football, and they want to throw it more. So by week seven this year, we're talking about two and five. By week seven, we're going to have an indication uh, whether Jalen Hurts is the future of this team at quarterback. Do you think I'm right or wrong?
8: I wholeheartedly 100% agree, John. I, I think uh, you're right. By By week seven last year, we understood. Um, well, we were all questioning where's the identity of this team because it didn't have one. So it was, it was around that point that they found their identity. And I think, sure, seven weeks in now, that was partly because you had a new coach. You had a new coaching staff for the most part. You had um, a new quarterback. And you didn't really know what you had. Now, I think seven weeks in with this team, uh, a year plus under this head coach's belt and quarterback's belt, uh, you've got to know by week seven what you have here and what your identity is. You can't wait till week seven to find that. No team in the NFL can wait till week seven to find an identity or, or you're you're sunk. I mean, they were really lucky to get in the playoffs last year, bottom line. Uh, and, and what you've got this year, I, I you know, I'm sure you guys agree. This division is wide open. Uh, there's no reason in my mind that this team can't go win this division. I don't think the Cowboys got better. The other two teams in the division uh, were so far below that, no, you don't want to ignore them, but they really should be a, a separating line between the Eagles and Cowboys and the other two teams. So this team really needs to come out of the gate, and, uh, and they've got the advantage of, of teams not knowing, well, how are they going to use A.J. Brown? What will that do to Devontae Smith's routes and his role in some of the offense? Um, you know, will that open things up over the middle for Dallas Goddard? Like we used to talk about happening for Zach Ertz. Uh, you know, I, I, and of course, you know, the one thing that everybody always says: you got to stay healthy. And then this team certainly has to do that with those guys. But yeah, I, I John, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you by week seven. Uh, we're going to know whether Jalen hurts is the quarterback, the future here and has a future here. Or whether how he's going to be using those first two uh, two first round picks to find an answer to that. Scott, are
1: you telling me the Carson Wentz led Commanders don't <laughs> put a scare into you for this upcoming season?
8: That franchise is a disaster in many ways, and I don't care if they had Tom Brady in Washington. Certainly, I'd give it more respect, uh, but, but I would not still think that they have a shot at doing a whole lot there. They get they can't get out of their own way down there they've had some decent players in the past and they just can't now i respect ron rivera a ton and i think he's had that team at least starting to turn the corner a little bit but they've got so many issues in other places and um listen i i liked carson wentz the guy uh wasn't wild and carson wentz the player at times was okay but you talk about evolution you talk about having one way of doing things I never believed in Carson Wentz uh, after a, a, enough time passed that Carson Wentz, the leader, was never going to evolve into being the guy he needed to be in the locker room. I don't expect that to be the case down there. Seems like he's got a track record. And when you have a track record, it's really hard to change that unless you're willing to. And we all know the, Eagles, the egos of these uh, NFL players gets in the way of a lot of things. And I think in that case, that's, that's the monkey on his back that I don't know he can shake.
2: Uh well let's talk about the NFC East as a whole, expanded. You mentioned Dallas has kind of come back a little bit, losing, you know, Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson. Yeah, the 180 by Randy Gregory. They lost Lyle Collins on the offensive line. Um, some pretty significant talent. The Giants are, I think, one of two NFC teams along with Chicago that have kind of said, All right, we're we're gonna rebuild this thing new head coach, new GM, Uh, they're in a different phase. Washington, as you mentioned, sort of in this stasis, they're always trying. They just make bad decisions, and it starts with Daniel Snyder, let's be honest. Um, It is there for the taking, the NFC East. Um, Should the Eagles take it? I'll phrase it that way. Not can they. I think we all think they can. Should they? Are they the best team? in the NFC East?
8: Well, yeah, I mean, you laid it out very well as far as the rest of the teams in the division. And and are the Eagles the best team in the NFC East? I, you know, I, I'm not a Dak Prescott fan, but he can throw the ball. And, um, you know, I, I do disagree with how they handled their receiver position in the offseason. Um, and, 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 and let's face it, Ezekiel Elliott uh, has hit that running back wall. Pollard is the better running back there um, it's just, if you looked at their paychecks, it's not going to show that way. Uh, and, and that's part of the problem that Dallas has is they're starting to fall on the other side of some of these bad contracts. Well, I don't know. You call it a bad contract because they got a lot out of Zeke, but, um, they're not favorable now and that's what they're trying to get themselves out from under, uh, and they're hurting their team as a result. So yeah, you know, should the Eagles win this division? I think they should. I think that Howie has done enough and put enough on both sides of the ball with the one caveat being, as we talked about with Bradbury, that's still a glaring hole on that, that other corner. And and that is a big part of concern for me. Um, whether this defense is going to be able to do enough uh, without that piece, but, but how he solve some things up front. Um, we've always criticized the linebackers here. Uh, now, as you said, Reddit can, can uh, we talk about creativity with, with, um, Gannon, I mean, you've got a guy that can play multiple positions and be effective. At, in my opinion, you're constantly moving him to the point you're trying to confuse the quarterback, whether he's a linebacker or an edge rusher, or maybe starts in one spot and pre-snap comes. I mean, you could do a lot with a guy like that. They added a Kobe Dean, um, who, who I'm expecting good things out. I think they got a first round linebacker in the third round, obviously because of injuries. Um, and, and so I just look at this, John, and I say, yes, I, I think the Eagles really should win. This division at this point, I just think Dallas has taken a couple steps backwards. And, and the question really is going to be, what do the Eagles do in those head-to-head games with Dallas? Um, you know, they have not done well in them uh, lately. And, and that's going to be a big key, I think, in terms of trying to win this division. You have to beat the teams in your division in order to win it. And, and lately, they haven't done that.
1: All apologies to Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave and Darius Slay. And N'Kobe Dean, who I'm looking to have a big Hassan Redick is the key to this defense. Jonathan Gannon has to use him properly. And it's going to be on Hassan himself. I don't want to give him a free pass. But the production you get out of that position with that player will go a long way in dictating if the Eagles defense is improved from year two of the Gannon era to year one. Right, you mentioned those games against the Cowboys. Thursday, we'll find out. Scott, please tell me. Eagles-Cowboys are not playing week 17 where one of the two teams <laughs> can smoke their
8: hands and go, yeah, we don't want to play. We'll just throw out the JV here. Thank you very much. Yeah, it, that has been uh, – th- That I would criticize the NFL for that, Jody. Absolutely. I get what they're trying to do is they're trying to have these – and you see it in the other divisions too, these division games yeah. at the end of the season, hoping that they end up with these, wow, this is a playoff game essentially. And, and they got some of those – you're right they also got some of these stinkers i mean you have a great rivalry that really should be a nationally televised game earlier in the season um and for the love of uh, you know everybody can see it's going to be most likely be between those two teams the eagles and cowboys for the division week 17 come on no if you want to give me week 13 week 14 um okay week 15 even you know there's still something to play for at that point for all these guys I totally agree with you. I think that is one thing that the NFL has done uh, poorly. I, I, like I said, I understand that the philosophy and the theory, but the way it plays out, it has not turned in to be um, anything good. And you end up with that, and, I, and I'm sorry, you take a great rivalry game and you flush it down the toilet for something that is meaningless, and it's just – It really sucks the fun out of what should be an intense, great game between two hated fan bases that just can't stand each other and the teams that are involved in it. And uh, no, don't give me that in week 17 for sure. Don't give it to me even week 16. It's got to be earlier than that.
2: Yeah, they they do need to to get the Eagles and Cowboys in a meaningful slot, leave the Giants or the Commanders for <laughs> yes. for, for the Week final seven, game, eight, and you'll you'll be com- you you'll, you'll be comfortable with that. Yeah, uh, he is Scott Grayson. You can follow him on Twitter. You see it right there at Ask Grayson fox twenty nine. Watch him on Fox twenty nine. One of the best sports anchors in town. You see him yeah. on props and locks as well on Fox 29 Scott I'll leave you with this are you more excited about game five of the NBA playoffs or the NFL schedule release how excited are you for Thursday night NFL schedule release day
8: the schedule release to me like isn't it crazy how they've now built this into a like <laughs> oh, program I uh, mean oh, yeah. it's it's uh, to me look Put the schedule out. I, I am interested in it. I am eager to see the order of things. I mean, the Eagles kind of spilled the beans a little bit. I think they called this game that's already out now. In, in yeah, months. the home opener. Home yeah, opener. we so already area. know they're on the yes. road. Yes. Um,
2: uh, Intuitive you know, uh, people have figured that out.
8: Yes. Uh, you know, I don't claim to be a smart person, but I did pick <laughs> up on that. Um, so to me, look, I will be paying full attention to the uh, game five. Uh, I want to see how angry is Joel Embiid, right? I expect to see an (laughs) angry Joel Embiid go out there and uh, mask or not injury or not, whatever he's dealing with, just go over and take over that game. If I'm Miami, I'm disappointed. He didn't win MVP. Uh, And for me, the schedule release, it'll be on my phone. I'll be looking at it and seeing what the order of the situation, are the Eagles playing the Cowboys week 17? Is it a Thanksgiving game? Is it, you know, all those things they're playing, what, three Christmas games this year. Uh, Yeah. You know, things are, it's going to be a different looking schedule, frankly, than we've been used to. Uh, are they playing on Amazon on a Thursday night? You know, all this stuff you got to figure out. But it'll be a glance at my phone. Uh, I think that's all the schedule release really needs to be. I think them throwing up all this hoopla into a schedule. I mean – Dates and it's times, that's done. all
2: we're talking about. We already yeah. know the opponents. We're talking about dates and times. That's yeah, it. it'd
8: be something different if you didn't know the opponents at this point either. But because yeah. you – I mean, we know that. The, the second the season goes final, you know who they're yeah. playing and where. You just don't know the order. So
1: – He calls himself not a smart guy. That's why we have <laughs> Mayor on Birds 365 because he fits right in with McMullen and McDonald. Scotty, good stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. We'll get you back on when we get a little closer to the season. Uh, have a good summer, bud.
8: Uh, you guys, too. I appreciate the chance to chat with you guys again. Always enjoy it. Our
1: Thanks, Scott. Scott Grayson, yep. Fox 29. And uh, I guess I'm reaching when I say have a good summer. We'll probably have Scott back on before the summer hits. Because it's not summer, John. Did you throw on your winter coat to get your dog out this morning? What yeah. the hell? It's we're, always, in the, we're in the second week of May, and I got to put my winter coat on to get the dog out this yeah, morning. Yeah, I
2: know. It's been so windy lately. That's another reason why I picked Chicago for week one. I'm so used to the wind. I expect it now.
1: That's the one, one positive thing about getting the dog out at 630 in the morning.
2: You can pick up the down
1: uh, boughs in the backyard because yeah, yeah, the yeah. wind has been blowing. The Hawk has been in uh, all spring long. But we're looking ahead to the summer. We're looking ahead to the Eagles schedule release on Thursday. Come back, we'll talk a little more about James Bradbury and how big a play is he for the Eagles. I am a major proponent. Sounds like John's a pretty big proponent, but John also thinks the Eagles aren't that big a proponent, and it's their decision more than uh, us here on Bird's 365. Come back more Bird's 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel.
3: of life first trust Bank is there for you because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank
4: do you stream on a Roku fire stick Android TV or Apple TV now you can watch 6 ABC 24/7 with the 6 ABC Philadelphia streaming app the big
5: story search 6 ABC
4: Philadelphia and start streaming today
5: to learn more about who we are, what we do, and career
6: opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
7: Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right?
6: It's for this, this, this... So good, it just disappears.
9: Get your
1: Mac and Mac guys. Go to McDonald's. John McClellan here with you on Birds 365. We're hoping to get an ex Philadelphia Eagle up next hour. I got the okay from uh, Hollis Thomas yesterday. Hoping to punch Hollis up in about 20 minutes from now. I thought it'd be a good spot because we're going to have a true uh, defensive nose tackle here in town this upcoming year. Um, that's why they drafted Jordan Davis. They believe that he's a one technique guy. He can play directly over the nose. If they're going to be jumping into 3-4, he's the perfect guy to play there if he can translate his collegiate skills to the NFL. Uh, Hollis was a uh, pretty damn good nose tackle. Fire plug in the middle of that defensive line. So even though Hollis isn't quite as tall as uh, – he's as big as a house, uh, not quite as tall as Jordan Davis – Uh, He certainly knows the uh, ins and outs of playing in the middle on a defensive line in the National Football League. So I'm going to talk to him about it coming up uh, about uh, 20 minutes from now. Johnny Mack, Scott Grayson said something. I don't know if uh, he even realized he said it, uh, and it just rang a bell for me. Eagles-Cowboys, I asked him about please don't put them in Week 17 because they're two of the most fun weeks every single year. The disdain that Eagle fans have for Cowboy fans, they call it Dallas week for a reason here in Philadelphia, each and every single time it comes up and several times in the last few years, it's been a complete wash that one of the two teams said, no, we don't need this game. We're going to, we're going to skim back. We're going to take it easy. We're going to play our backups and we get robbed of one of the two best matchups each and every single year. So please like they're still working on it. it. It's been laid in stone for a while. It's leaking out now, but uh, the NFL knows when the teams are playing each other, please not let uh, let it not be the Cowboys and Eagles week 17. I don't even care. And, and it may come down to week 17 and the two teams are going to be dead even. And we're going to say, Oh man, what if they were playing? You're in your, no, no, don't care. I don't care.
7: I don't care how it plays out. I don't care what it's like after uh, week 17 go. Going- our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? Dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
1: Taking it to week 18, because remember, it's going to tie again for the biggest season in the history of the National Football League, because they're going to play 17 games again this year. Even if we miss out on a great matchup, I want to err on the side of caution. I don't want to get gypped. I want to make sure that the Cowboys Eagle both games this year mean a lot, even if it means risking having them not play in week number eighteen. Could the Eagles and Cowboys play Thanksgiving in Dallas this year?
2: Sure. Why not? Been, a, been yeah. a while.
1: I think is 2014 the last time they played?
2: Um, I might have to look it up because I wasn't here covering the team. You didn't in 20- do the two thousand
1: fourteen no. game.
2: No. Um but sounds about right because uh people still talk about it. So it was pretty recent toward when I got here. I got here yeah, you know, covering the team daily twenty sixteen. So Doug's first year, really in twenty fifteen. So um yeah I'm I mean it's been it's been a little bit of time and that's obviously a high profile game and I think it would you know that could it, it's interesting because they seem to want to put the Cowboys in that late afternoon window. They want to go Lions Cowboys and then the big night game, whichever you know they deem worthy. Um, but you could put Eagles Cowboys in the night game and feel very, very comfortable about delivering that that big rating so yeah um did they ever put the cowboys in the night game it's always i don't think they have
1: no, no it, they, it, they always it. sometimes they'll put the cowboys in the early game yeah. and the lions will yeah. be playing an interleague game, Green and the Bay game, or something. game they'll yeah. flip that up usually it's detroit early dallas yeah. in the middle night game yeah. every yeah. once in a while they'll move Dallas. Up i'll there tell you what game.
2: though jody there's a lot of change going on because of all this you know the shifting and Amazon getting involved and everybody wanting to, there's a lot of change going on. And by the way, um, just came out a few minutes ago uh, that Tom Brady is going to be the lead box analyst when he retires. So evidently in 2050, <laughs> they've already made a deal with Tom Brady when he does finally walk away. He's going to be the lead guy on 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 Fox. They've already made the deal. That that makes a ton of sense. Now, you're right. It's the when
1: is this going to happen? NBC did the same thing with Drew Brees. And Brees, did he play two more years or one more year before they came to the agreement? It was at uh, least one. It might have been two yeah. before he stepped aside. And yeah, oh, it, by the way, they still haven't used him as much as I thought they would be using him for as much as they're paying him to get him to give up football maybe a year earlier than he wanted to. Um, Brady has got more money than he knows what to do with, so I don't think it's as much a
2: payment thing as an ego thing with Brady knowing full well he's by going the way. To be kept the his- assumption that everybody can do that, I think is wrong. You know, I, I mean, I'm not saying that hey, Tom might be good at it, Tom might be bad at it. Um, but I, I don't, you know, I, I don't agree with just because a, a a player was a great quarterback or whatever has the biggest name. And, you know, Joe Montana is a perfect example. Joe Montana was not good at it. No. Um, I don't know what Tom's going to be. Um, but to just say, you're the number one guy, I get it from a popularity standpoint, but, uh, I don't know if it's going to work out, uh, um, because it's it's not as easy as people think it is.
1: And by the way, uh Mr. Whitten, the former cowboy tight end, yeah. who they plugged into Monday Night Football, everybody blamed him for everything. It yeah. was all his fault. And it's not true. ESPN screwed that up with the whole booger camera and everything else. <laughs> it was a disaster of a broadcast. And and I would often defend Whitten because he wasn't the because everybody blamed him. But I didn't want to defend him. He wasn't good. The, the 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 bottom line was he wasn't good at it. He just wasn't the only problem that that Monday Night Football broadcast had. So they swore up and down this guy's going to be the greatest. You're going to be the best. Uh, yeah, no, he wasn't. And if you're another former tight end, is not Olson going to be the number one guy on? Yeah, great right.
2: for one year. right yeah. you know enjoy what? your year I, I, yeah pb12's and, coming up from behind yeah. which is another thing you know yeah you're giving it to greg olson for one year who by the way is pretty good greg i don't He's know certainly yep.
1: better than Witten was <laughs>
2: yeah uh but he doesn't move the needle obviously to where they want it to be now I, this, this all stems from tony romo who was phenomenal at it from day one um But you know what, I think Tony's regressed a little bit, if I'm going to do, because I think he started, uh, you know, feeling himself a little bit. And he maybe doesn't do as much preparation as he did when he started. Kind of just lets it go off his natural ability. But he was phenomenal. Day one, just, I think he was the most natural color commentator I've ever seen. Honestly. John man whoever you want to throw out there. Yeah, i will take Madden. From day one, I just think he was phenomenal. Now, I'm not saying I don't remember John day one. I I assume John got better. I'm not saying John wasn't great. John was great. And John's the biggest icon in the history of, of, of broadcasting from that perspective. But, I mean, from day one, I've never seen anybody pick it oh, up. Compare, as comparing his
1: day one to every other yeah. announcer's day one. Yeah, Yeah, you're probably right. He was a natural stepping right
2: in. I mean, I've never seen anything like it from from that perspective. And their assumption now is, oh, Tony did it. (laughs) Everybody's going to do it. And it doesn't seem to be working out the way they think it is. And uh, I I would bet that Brady's going to be pretty good at it.
1: Uh, he's had the nice prep. I I catch him a lot of times because uh, sometimes I'm working around the Monday night game with Jim yeah. Gray. Yeah. He's really good, uh, which is it's not like doing a game, but just uh, broadcasting and answering questions and, and coming up with stuff off the top of your head. He's he's pretty good in that spot. So uh, if you're asking me to predict, predict and project what kind of a color analyst he's going to be, my guess is Brady's going to be pretty good at it. Well, he's pretty good at everything, so you're probably right. Um, he's except probably, throwing uh, championship trophies. He's not great at that. Yeah, almost annoyed. went into the drink down there. In
2: Tampa. And, and and we do joke, but it could be a few years before he uh, gets to it. Anyway, um, and it certainly seems like he wants to continue. Uh, you know, maybe in Miami more than Tampa, um, but we'll see how many years. And and how many years it takes. So maybe Greg Olson has a couple of years to prove himself at least.
1: You think he's going to play more than just this upcoming year? I've done this before. I've been an idiot that has said, all right, this is Brady's last year. I think I've done it about four times. So if I go oh, I've down done it at least and this four past times, year was Eddie. the one year I didn't I, do it. I, I said, I, I don't yeah. believe it. He's retiring. And he didn't. So I got this one right after getting it wrong about four times in the last five years. I got it at least four last times.
2: It makes no sense that he plays at the level he plays, even with all the changes. It's absurd. He, he, the guy's 45 years old. Um, At some point, it's got to look like Joe Namath limping off the field, right? At some point... It happened to Brett Favre, remember, at the very end, limping off the field. There's so many iconic images of players leaving not the way, usually in unfamiliar uniforms, not the way they want to leave, going all the way back to Johnny Unitas. It's got to happen, right? It's got to happen at some point. (laughs) I I can't imagine he's playing – Quarterback for the Miami Dolphins at forty-seven, but would I be shocked? No, I wouldn't be shocked. He he got me good this year. I thought he walked away, and this whole time he was trying to play for Miami. Let's be honest.
1: And if that's the case, so be it. I know he's got a good relationship with Stephen Ross, but there are a couple of things that could stand in the way of that. Tua Tagovailoa could go out and have a big year this year. Uh, as a matter of fact. I think it's a distinct possibility. I've stayed loyal to Tua from his Alabama days. I thought he was going to be, a, uh, I thought he was going to be the first pick in the draft. Borrow had an unbelievable year and deserved to be number one. They gave Tua a big piece with Tyreek Hill this year. They have up- upgraded their running game. I think Miami's going to be a player, much to my chagrin as a Jet fan. Um, and the other one is they're still investigating the uh, owner of the Dolphins, attempting to bribe the coach to tank and lose games in the National Football League. Now, it's one of their own, but then again, they've really compromised Daniel Snyder. I don't know that they'll force him to sell, but uh, Stephen Ross could spend some time on the sidelines. Would that uh, allow him to bring Brady in uh, as a uh, guy to either play on the field or be a uh, co-owner of the Dolphins? There, are, there, there may be a couple of hurdles of Brady to Miami is what I'm saying.
2: Oh, I agree. There's plenty of hurdles, but I'm I'm just saying at this stage. If you told me uh, Tom Brady's the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins at 47, I I can't say I can rule it out. Uh, I should be able to rule it out just from being 47. Um, I should be able to rule out playing NFL quarterback at a high level at 45. I can't. I can't. It's amazing. And let me
1: just uh, say this one time, and I'm going to, for all you streamers out there, feel ready to not hit the like button because you're not going to like what I have to say. You're not going to like what I have to say. And Johnny Mac was mostly with me this past year, um, but not as fervent about it as I was. How many people I had to listen to bring on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for last year's playoff game? Prior to knowing who the Eagles were going to play, going into week 17, it could have fell a lot of different ways. You knew the Eagles were in. Who are they going to play? There were a lot of Eagle fans puffing up their chest, going, Give us the Bucks. We want the Bucks. <laughs> we'll teach Tom Brady a thing or two. And I just sat either here on YouTube with you, J mac or on the radio on WIP and going, You want no part of Tom Brady. What the heck are you talking about? You don't want any part of Tom Brady. They they conveniently forgot that Brady beat them during the regular season. In their house, when he needed to run seven minutes off the clock, all he did was run seven minutes off the clock. And if he wanted to stick it in the end zone one more time to give it a more impressive final score, he could have done that if they chose not to. And then you had to go down to Tampa and get your red uh, tail kicked in the playoffs. Even though this may be his last year, we have the schedule. We know who the Eagles are playing. We know where, the, but we just don't know dates. You'll be thankful that you don't have Tom Brady on your schedule. Just be thankful, Eagle fans. If you're going to get him in the playoffs, you got to take your chance. I thought they were overmatched, It was proof they were overmatched in the playoffs. It may be a different story when we get 17 games in the book this year. Maybe the Eagles will be on Tampa's level. Don't ask for it. The, 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 don't stick your chest out and say, Yeah, yeah, we want that. If you get it and you want to have confidence, yes, that's the way you should be if you're a good fan. Don't 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 fool with the football gods. don't be flexing Or insane. you better
2: know. You better you better have Father Time's direct line and you better wake that that guy up. What does he got? The scathe? You gotta get him to get the scathe out of the freaking closet because he's been uh he's been hitting snooze on Tom Brady for a long time.
1: News. i like that uh brady just snoozes along he got uh, picked off in the playoffs last year um a couple too many fumbles uh early on uh, they rallied the troops but came up just short that they couldn't stop cooper cup how do you not cover cooper cup on that last drive <laughs> all right we're getting back into last year's stuff we're trying to look ahead to 2022 the eagles will have a new piece on their defensive line they got aggressive good for howie roseman traded up from 15 to 13 there's a good piece on uh, in your spot today. Jimmy Kemsky talk, talks about a guy at ESPN who said the Eagles made a bad deal. Oh, no, I'm glad that 15, that guy but... too.
2: I love that Jimmy did that. I chuckled. I chuckled.
1: They because... they wanted a specific player, and Baltimore is never going to cop to it, but. Everybody and his brother was saying, if they had stayed there, they would have taken Jordan Davis to number 14. So you had to get ahead of the Ravens to do it. You didn't have to give up a second or a third round pick. You had to give up three picks, which, yes, quantity over quality, but the quality wasn't all that great, and they got the guy they wanted.
2: And We got a few minutes before we got to get the break, so I'll try to get through this quickly, Jody. But here's what drives me crazy about these, and this was an analytics guy, and I'm not – if you want to look it up, look it up. I don't want to – The ESPN trade predictor said there was a 55% chance Jordan Davis would be there anyway for the Philadelphia Eagles. So why did they trade up two spots? Well, your trade predictor, and obviously you don't pay any attention to the league because everybody in the stinking league thought Baltimore was going to take Jordan Davis. Is there a potential they were wrong? Sure. Does your trade predictor know that they were wrong? No. Does it take that information in? Uh, what Baltimore likes, what they like to do, what type of player they were. I would, I feel very comfortable saying that Baltimore would have taken Jordan Davis at 14. It's one of the reasons why I wrote before the draft, the Eagles were targeting to move up to 13 to get specifically ahead uh, head of Baltimore to get Jordan Davis. I'm not Nostradamus. I didn't predict it because. Uh, there wasn't news that that's the way things were breaking behind the scenes. Sorry, ESPN Trade Predictor. You have no stinking idea what is going on in the league. And then to write, oh, that's a bad decision. Now, I had the Eagles trading the 101st pick. They did give up a little bit more volume uh, to get up than they right. would have. Qu- quantity but, over quality. But – also, they needed that 101st pick because they were also trying to trade for A.J. Brown, and they needed that pick as well, which nobody knew was coming. So all of these things kind of fit together. But, man, those trade predict People got to stop with that stuff. They really do. I mean, and, and, and the second part, which Jimmy uh, brought up well, everything's trade down. Everything's trade down, trade down, trade down, trade down. The trade down
1: team wins the trade every time.
2: They value these uncertainties more than anything else. It's the most bizarre thing in the world, Jody.
1: Right. And that's why, and I know the Howie haters aren't going to like this, but that's why Howie Roseman is very good at doing draft day deals. Because when he needs to move back, he moves back. When he needs to move up, he moves up. He's not afraid to do either one. He did it last year. He moved back, and then he moved back up again. He did it this year. He traded out of the first round and got another pick from the Saints and then traded back up in the first round, two spots to get Jordan Davis. you got to have an open mind going into the draft. You have to be willing to both trade up and trade back. If you're not, if you're just sitting there, you may do great. The players may drop to you but you're banking on other teams making certain selections around the order that you have on your draft board. Howie's aggressive in that way. He's not afraid to either move up or move back. That's why I think he's done a good job at it. But as John likes to say, you got to make the evaluation match the valuation. We give Howie A's on valuation. Hopefully he gets the evaluations as well. Big valuation was the fact that uh, Jordan Dave's going to be able to step in and play year one, maybe getting a little svelter during the offseason to be able to uh, play as many snaps as the Eagles are going to want or need him to. Uh, hopefully, joining us next, there he is, we will punch a former defensive tackle in the league for the Philadelphia Eagles. Hollis Thomas joins us next here on Birds 365.
3: field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank
4: do you stream on a roku fire stick android tv or apple tv now you can watch 6abc 24 7 with the 6abc philadelphia streaming app The big story and that can you search 6abc philadelphia and start streaming today
5: to learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us
6: ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
7: Holy shit. The glass Glasses for cocktails, right? It's
6: for this, this, this. So good, it just disappears.
1: of the mac guys on Birds 365. You got McDonald, you got McMullen, and we got a big guy to join us. Uh, former <laughs> defensive tackle Hollis Thomas jumps aboard here with us on Birds 365. Now, I gotta admit, John, do you know what it says under Hollis right Damn there?
9: Damn
2: skippy it
9: says. Come on, come on, <laughs> Jody. Skippy. Damn skippy. <laughs> yes, sir.
1: How you feeling, Jody? I'm doing good, buddy. Good to see you, big guy. Uh, appreciate you coming on board with us oh, for a couple family, of days today. Um, what was the biggest number? Now, I'm asking honestly here. You got yep. to both give me uh, with a lie detector test and a scale <laughs> in hand. Okay. What was the biggest number you
9: ever played at? Uh, the biggest number? Probably probably like 360, 360, 360, something like that. So well, you got a, you
2: got uh Hollis, you got Jordan Davis by about uh, I don't know, 20 pounds right now, but he's got about six inches on you. So when you look at it, well,
9: well, we got three, about three. I'm six three, so six three? Yeah. Are you six three? Is yeah. that what we're saying? All right. Well, no, that's not what we're saying. I probably could if I stood next to you, you'd notice because your whoever your doctor was probably gave you a two or three inches. <laughs> uh, but, but when i do tell people that i'm six feet uh they're like no you're taller and I, I i am taller than six feet so it's just it's just weird when i when i stand next to you like hey, you're taller than six feet i was like no your doctor's lying to you <laughs> <laughs> well
2: now we we always talk about nose tackles and you know zero technique one technique whatever you want to call them you know that low center of gravity uh is is helpful. When you when you see a kid like Jordan who's so big, uh tall as well as his size, uh, do you think that could be a problem uh at the NFL level when you have uh offensive linemen who kind of understand leverage and things like that?
9: Uh it can only be a problem for the center, uh because the low man the low man does win, but when you combine uh strength with with his ability to stay as low as he, as low as he can get, um, it caused a problem for the offensive line. Now, I don't know if you remember the, uh, the twin towers that they used to have in uh, Jacksonville with Marcus Stroud and uh, and uh, John Henderson.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
9: that, that's what, that's what type of problem it creates. Cause you, you may get low sometimes, but you're not going to get low every play and you'll probably get destroyed more times than not, especially early in the game. And it could be demoralizing. When you're trying to block somebody, and uh, it's uh, futile. It's kind of like watching a superhero uh, walk in the building, uh, uh, walk through a door. That, that <laughs> so can do uh, some damage. Yes, uh, it, yeah, yes, it can. I, I, I watched him. Um, I watched him, and I, li- I like his pad level, and I like the way. He, the main thing that I do like about this kid is the way he uses his hands. It's like a lot of times I, I will, uh, when I go through through tape on, on some guys are supposed to be big and strapping and strong. It's not that much hand usage, and the way that uh, they allow the offensive line to use their hands to to pretty much grab you, you have to you have to be violent with your hands as a defensive lineman.
1: Now, isn't it funny that uh, Kenny Pickett can't play in the National Football League because he doesn't have big enough hands? Is <laughs> Hollis Thomas is Hollis <laughs> Thomas telling us they should be measuring the hands of the defensive tackles as well? The bigger, the better.
9: Well, well, not so much measuring. It's about it's about the violence in which you put, which goes into those hands. It's like when you when you, when you come off the ball, you grab you grab the offensive lineman in the, in the proper area within the framework, and you start throwing them around. And you see, you see those meek those, those me beaters like snatch people up and throwing them away. A lot of guy, A lot of times you see guys going after sacks, and you see all of them standing up high and with their hands flailing to the side. It's not taking control of the blocker and dismantling the establishment. Um, the the one the the one thing the tech the, the technique behind playing offense defense line it's almost it's almost the same. You want to get your hands on your opponent and defeat you want to defeat the blocker as a defense lineman, but as offense lineman they want to control you. They want to get they a lot of them want to get their hands inside, but if you don't let them get their hands inside, they can't control you. Now they can get them outside, which is called what? holding which is rarely called but you don't want to bitch your mouth about that to the official that you seem like a chump and you wait you've wasted a lot of time <laughs> we wasted a lot of time a lot of time during the game because you're worried about oh this guy's holding me that's why you'll hear each and every each and every good defensive line coach will tell you to be violent with your hands and getting off the blocks now he he runs over guys uh that the most demoralizing thing i've seen him do him and one of his teammates, Walker, because I love the kid Walker. Like what what they did with the with the run. If you go back and look at some of the tape, it was some plays where the offensive offensive linemen they stood up like this, but not for long. And they all you saw was their arms pushing them back. And then when they when they get off the blocks. You throw to your block. You rag. We call it rag dolly. You rag. That's like throwing away a doll, throwing them away, throwing them away, and getting them out your way so you can make plays. If you don't get off blocks. You'll you just see you – just, you're just off his Lamb You're driving the guy back.
2: Uh, Hollis, you mentioned uh, Trayvon Walker. A lot mm-hmm. of Eagles fans like to watch N'Kobe Dean highlights. And, mm-hmm. and if they notice right in front of N'Kobe, more often than not, is Jordan Davis uh, taking up uh, sometimes two, three blockers. Tell the fans how important it is for that uh, big nose tackle and you
9: played 14 years in this
2: league.
9: Sometimes I don't I don't like you guys' verbiage when you say tie up blockers because I'm not there, I'm not there to tie up anything, I'm there to cause complete and utter havoc. And in doing that, I'm destroying blockers. You don't let the offensive line me, you don't let them get up on your linebacker. It's us like it, it's like protecting. But if you if you destroy your blockers more times than not, you'll make a lot of plays. And it, when a um, uh, the, a good linebacker will appreciate it every time. A good li- a linebacker will know who his guys are. A lot of linebackers will know who's going for glory and who's not. The guy who's going for glory occasionally he will end up in the linebacker's lap because the offensive lineman loves when you go for a pass <laughs> rush move and they're running the ball. So, uh, but it, it'll it'll I think the uh, the, the familiarity between those two, is gonna, it, it's gonna, it's gonna resonate. You'll probably see it right off the rip. Because I, I like the Kobe Dean too. Now they spread the rumor that he was injured. I'm kind of glad that they did. I'm not, I'm not so much in a selfish manner. I was, I wanted him, and I wanted the, I, I wanted also. It was another kid too, the uh, Devin, the Devin uh, Lloyd. Devin Lloyd. Yeah. Yeah. It, both, both those two guys, I had them high on my wish list. But and I'm kind of glad got we got uh, uh, yeah. It, cause that, yeah, because when you look at it, we needed a we we needed a quarterback of the defense, and him being as smart as smart as uh, the bill says that he is, and and watching him too because especially looking at at his test numbers, but then looking at him on on tape, it's a it's a it's kind of like it's like man, he's not that good at testing, but he's a little he's a difference maker on the field, so you figure that he has football speed. And I, think,
1: I think the Eagles got really lucky to get Nicole yeah. Dean in the third yeah. round. I think he's going to be a staple for the Eagles for the next decade. All right. Yeah, and the other
9: part, uh, Jody, Jody is he's pissed because they, everybody passed him over. He's got that chip on his shoulder, and he's pissed he's going to show everybody what you're missing. Correct. All right, uh, Hollis, I can't believe I've never asked you this question.
1: And I'm trying to remember, you and I have done enough shows over the years that I thought that I would ask to you, but I don't recall ever asking it. Uh, the comparison between Hollis Thomas and Jody McDonald. Hollis was an actual <laughs> NFL player for a decade plus. I was a Division III college basketball player. Ah, a- cool. Af- after I left college, I did some high school refereeing shortly after mm-hmm. I graduated from college. Nice little side money let me get my running in up and down the court and uh, <laughs> had some fun, made a couple of bucks. Right. But after I did that, I would watch games nba games college basketball games and i'd watch the referee because i got into refereeing and i wanted to see the placement of referee and i got it and i realized you're not watching the game you idiot Pay attention you. To the game, have some <laughs> fun you dope yeah now, you're, an, you're an ex-defensive tackle right when you watch the nfl these days do you always focus on the defensive tackle do you watch
9: the football
1: uh, well, how do you a... watch
9: games well you know you know what um even even when I played, and um, when when I played, I, I I learned through some coaches to watch the entire game. But but, I, but in watching the entire game, uh, you focus on the on the line because that's where that's where the action starts. The line, the line, the ball, offensive line, the defensive line. You watch the play up front, and then you let the you let the ball carry you to where the play is going. Now and and watching that and watching that also, I, I like watching the wide angle because the wide angle because I can see the whole field. And if something's out of whack, because you know how a play is supposed to go, you can tell when something's out of whack and when somebody's getting their rump kicked. So when somebody's getting their rump kicked, I'm rewinding everybody. I want to see who got their rump kicked. Who that was making that odd move. When I say odd move, some hands go up or or somebody goes tumbling or somebody falls backwards, and you want to see what happens there. But you are correct. I do focus on the line because there's a lot that goes on down there. And you focus on it mainly because – you wonder what the hell the officials are looking at, it's like, because it's a lot of stuff that's have you ever, have you ever just paid attention sometimes, even whether it's defense line, offense line, or just a play during the game, and the ball comes into into view, and you wonder what the hell the officials looking at because something's happening happening in the play that's illegal, but their flag is still uh, is still lodged in their pocket. It's like it's kind of like what I was watching um watching basketball uh. uh the playoff games last night and uh, on some, pl- on some plays the the whistle came. It was one play. I don't know what the official was doing. The whistle came so damn late. I was like, what the, what are you doing? And you, and now, now you correct Jody. I think they're just out there being spectators, but then some of them come, come to the, I've noticed some come to the game and have feelings. Your feelings are, uh, are worth as much as dental floss at a Willie Nelson concert. Oh. You're supposed to call. You're supposed to call. A, a, a straight and convenient game. If you don't do that, we really don't need you. And it's kind of like watching professional sports now with the officiating. It's kind of like watching a big-time luxury car with a lawnmower engine in it. Well,
5: how, like, how, how, how,
2: how much has that changed over the years since you retired, Hollis? Do you think when you look at an got, NFL game today versus
9: when you were playing, how much has it changed? It's It's gotten a lot worse is mainly because i think i think the um the officials was, are saddled with, uh, with with uh i guess calls that they have to judge judgment calls instead of just a call it's like you know holding is anytime anytime uh, anytime the uh hands are outside the framework it's a definition of holding it's like but you see it all the time in, in the nfl and yet they say it has nothing to do with the play i said so why why are we out here then if a if a player if a player is not going to play the game to the letter, of, not much to the letter of the law, because you will get away with some things because they're correct. You can't see everything. I was like, but stuff that's right there, blatant in your face. It's like you don't even make those calls, and then you, then then every then you don't get to say anything about it. You don't get to critique it, and I don't I don't know why. It's like if I if I spend my entire off working out and getting ready getting ready to play. And I got this guy who's not going to make the proper call, or is not going to make a call at all. But I can't say anything about it. Get the hell out of here with that. That's why I choose now to make to make it a point to make a to call out every stupid thing that they do. And, that, and they have yet they have yet they've really disappointed me. But they've disappointed me in a bad sense because they've given us way too much to talk about at this at this point. The point the fact that we have to mention them. In every every sport, every sport, name me a sport where the officials do not affect the game. The officials should be just officials. They should not affect the game. They should be seen, not heard. The players put it this way: when they say, when you hear the commentator talking about, oh, he's not going to get that call. Why not? It's a, it's it's a file, isn't it? It's a, it's a it's an infraction, isn't it? Make the call. Nobody give a damn about anybody. Oh, he's he's earned. You've earned nothing. You've earned the right to play the game the right way. Call it as such. Quick like uh, kissing, kissing everybody. I'm tired of kissing every. I'm not going to kiss an overrated loser's ass. So, it's like this. <laughs> like, so when the, when the dust settles, it's like, you, you, it, you. have you ever just paid attention to, oh, he's not going to give that call? Why the hell not? It just happened. Or oh, when they said he shouldn't have made that call this late in the game, the player should not have put him in the position to have to make that call this late in the game. Have some <laughs> composure, Dummy. I Man. like your attitude on the referees, Hollis. All right.
1: <laughs> wanted to get you on and get your take about Jordan Davis because I know oh, yeah. you understand the defensive tackle position. We also know who the guys are going to have to go up against. The Eagles' second round pick was Cam Jergens a center, like a what? guy you have to deal with on a play-in, play-out basis during your playing days. When you see Cam Jergens, watch a little film on him, how good a kid, how good a kid is this? Is he going to be able to keep guys like uh, Jordan Davis? Luckily, not him in particular, because they're be teammates. <laughs> but those type of players—is he going to be the guy who's going to step in for Jason Kelsey and keep the center position solidified for the Eagles?
9: Uh, well, the one thing I did—I did know I did the kid when—not so much knowing personally, but I—I saw—I saw him play a lot. Uh, I watched a lot of college football uh, when, especially. Uh, uh, somebody asked me, "Why do I watch a lot of college football?" It's like when I played, I watched lots to see who was coming to take my job, but. but but in watching and watching him play for Nebraska, he's actually, he's actually a, a really good center. He's kind of what you're looking for to help um, replace uh, Jason Kelsey, who's, who's, uh, who's just playing. I don't know if he's just going to play one more year or is he going to take it a year to year basis. But you always need uh, a predecessor. And when you and we're doing it, it's great that we got him here now so he could kind of like lead him along the way. And I think uh, Jason Kelsey showed the ultimate team player because he was he, he actually watched film on the kid. But when you watch the kid, you see exactly what you need—a kid who can block, who's strong. You got—he's got a little bit of that nasty streak that you need as a center, because you don't need your center to be totally nasty, because you don't need them all uh, start fights and stuff everywhere. But you need it with a little bit of a nasty streak, to, so because that, that's how I love—I love when our offensive line we go going you see them kicking somebody else's rump uh, in in a game, and you're like, okay, it's not—it's not just the practice squad players who they're kicking around; they're doing—they're doing it in the game as well. But when you look at this kid, he can get to the next level. He, he's actually I, – I, I need to see him do some stuff like I see Kelsey do, like when Kelsey leads the sweep. He will get downfield as well. So I think we got to – you know what? The, the one thing I, I loved about this pick is that the Cowboys skipped over him and they've got some kid out of Tulsa who everybody was searching for uh, who was searching for their, they You know how when you make a pick and everybody's like, what the hell is that? And they, they, they're, <laughs> they're looking for it. The kid they got out of Tulsa – He's a holding machine, but I love Jer- the I love jerk I love the Jerkins kid. Uh, is it Jerkins or jerky? It's close to jerky. Either Jergens way, yeah. beep,
2: beep jerky. No, beep. he confirmed it's it's Cam Jerkins. I
9: think he was joking with
2: some people. Okay,
9: said yeah, but no, because I see I seen yeah. the joking earlier uh, at the I want to say it was at one of the uh one of the senior Bowls or something. But it was yeah. they was talking about the beef jerkins. Yeah. But it was pretty cool. I think, and yeah, I, I feel like as a big dog, you got to have a good sense of humor. You got because if you got a good sense of humor, that means you know how to give it back. And and watching some of the uh, the back and forth and stuff and and the, um, the I don't know if you guys watch the Senior Bowl uh, practice tapes and stuff. I, I see I seen a lot, and that that said a lot to me because when you uh, a lot of times when you go to these Senior Bowls, it's the best of the best. And if you have pr- if you have pride in what you do, you go down there with you know with a bit of a chip on your shoulder. Everything is cool and stuff, and we can be friends after the fact. But I'm here, but Make no bones about it. I'm here to kick your ass, and and that's and and show and put everybody on notice of what I can do, so that I can get in the proper place. And and I like the way he went. He went about that too, and everybody was like them. The one on ones is one of my favorite drill because, you know, they drafted somebody drafted a kid in the first round, and um, the best way to say it is he got his lunch taken. Almost every one on one down there.
2: It's, you're talking I, about I, Trevor, uh, Trevor Penning, right? Uh, yeah, from,
9: from what was from the Air Force or something? Uh, I think it was. Uh, I he, got, he went. He, he got, Northern he, Iowa. He, uh, not not, not kid, Northern Iowa. It was a kid who got drafted in the first round. I think he was a guard or a tackle. I think the Patriots ended up taking him. Oh, 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 uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he he got his teeth kicked in every which way, you and, and so somebody's like, "I had him with a first round grade." I was like, "I don't know what the hell you guys are looking at." 'Cause nothing Man. about that said, like I was I was saying third or fourth round because of his experience and he had a little toughness, but he was getting whooped like cornbread better than the, the, the CEO. Uh,
5: Now I
2: thought you were talking because the the kid the Eagles drafted, Kyron Johnson, the linebacker, mm-hmm. kind of edge rusher, he was giving Trevor Penning
9: fits who got drafted in the first round. That's
2: that's yeah. who I yeah, thought you but- were
9: talking about. You want him, to, him as well, <laughs> but he, but he actually, he actually won a couple, but this other kid, he was getting, he was getting whooped really bad, and so, but the Northern Iowa kids, you get, you can expect that because of the level of competition, a lot of times people don't think the level of competition matters. Sometimes it don't, but depending on the position you play, but uh, up in the up in that line area. Uh, Danny Watkins, it does, uh, it does it does make a difference. <laughs> well, we're talking, we we
2: talked about Cam, right? Uh, let's talk about the guy he's replacing or he's going to replace at some point. We hope, and that's Jason Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts as a longtime defensive tackle who has evaluated uh, offensive linemen in this league for a long time and evaluated this team. How, how spoiled are we in Philadelphia with Jason Kelsey uh, Hollis? Uh,
9: yeah, we're extremely spoiled. Because right now you have yeah, not only do you have a a great player, you got a guy who's uh, who rarely misses time. Uh, when he comes out of the game, it's like oh oh oh, oh crap, what happened? Like so we we're we're extremely spoiled, and a guy who you count on week in and week out, a guy guy you count on all the time. If you call, he's there. Um, he's a guy who's uh he's I feel like he's selfless. I feel like even when it, it's like there has been times where I criticize his play, and they, and even in talking to him, I, I try to when I criticize your play, it's because because you're doing bad, and I expect better of you. And he's one of the guys who realizes that. And so it's it's a rarity that you find a guy of this of his of his of his, uh, of his stature uh, that's been able to hold up the consistency and been able to back up every every time. I think he's been through how many coaches? Uh, he's been through a bunch of coaches. A bunch, yeah. a bunch of coaches here, and he's one of the main stays. It says a lot about a player because you know when there's when there's new <laughs> management in town, you have to you have to reprove yourself to the new management. And the fact that it, no matter no matter what, no matter how much respect they have for you, if you're not doing it on the field as well, then uh, they, they have no qualms or complications about cutting you. And I, I feel like he's he's one of those guys that that exuberates, uh, you know being a, a professional football player. And, and uh, not—he's not a Tom Brady of the world, and that's—and that's—and in a sense, if you think that's a a, a, a slight, it's like no, he did—he didn't cheat, and that's for everybody who thinks that Tom Brady's the greatest—you're never the greatest if you have cheating scandals attached to your name. One that directly—one uh, that directly uh, goes with you, Mister Deflategate, <laughs> right. the deflator, uh, and everybody's gonna say, "Oh, you sound bitter." I was like, just think, just think if you if you were in class all the time, and you and you had that one kid who never came to class but came, came and got an A all the time, without without any study. You found out later on that they were cheating. <laughs> hey,
1: good for you, Hollis. Stick to those Brady's a cheater uh, vibes that you've been putting out there for all those years. All right, last thing, Hollis. Okay. Um, Maybe more so, even more so than the great knowledge he brings when it comes to interior play on the offensive line. The thing that I trust Alis about is fine dining. He knows where to eat. (laughs) Uh, Where are you getting your ribs these days? Have you found a new chicken and waffles place in
9: town? (laughs) Well, uh, my ribs, uh, it's kind of – my brother – my, you know my, you know my. my oh, dad was, I've had your brother's stuff. <laughs> yeah, so you, you know my dad. Uh, my dad rested, so he was uh he was uh To me, he was one of the kings of making ribs. And Lately, I've been let. My brother has been uh hooking me up, and uh, and then also my sister was a tremendous cook. She's right down in in DC. We've been doing a, a little bit of family stuff since the, the pandemic is going on. You kind of do a, a little bit more family stuff, but uh, it was uh, it was what, what was the kid? The guy's name? Uh, occasionally, I would get him from. um What's the name of that place? I can't think of the name of that place. It's a it's a barbecue place around there. Um I can't think of the right, name of it. But when you
1: think of it, you gotta text me. Cause I trust your knowledge <laughs> of cuisine as much as anybody <laughs> then, in
9: town. We had some good meals in studio. Uh, yes, we did. Uh, <laughs> yes, we did. But, and um but but now I'm pretty much just like uh have you tried the um uh, the Popeye's fish sandwich? Popeye no. fish? Really? fish.
2: No, I'm not. Going, my life. I'm not. I'm <laughs> not going to Popeyes. Typically, I'm get. I'm getting chicken. Go, if I'm going, yeah, if I'm going to Popeyes, like I'm getting chicken.
9: Yeah, I know, but they they put that fish sandwich on to me, and then Ooh. I saw it on me. I was All like, hmm, right. changed All my right. life.
1: Okay. All right,
9: <laughs> gotta give it a try. It yeah, All right, easy, and you quick. got an
1: Eagle alumni event coming up.
9: Yes, we got an Eagle alumni event coming up on uh, I want to say it's the sixteenth. It's Eagles, Eagles the the alumni and the rookies. Yeah, alumni rookies. You know, I always do Ron Jaworski's as uh, uh, golf outings and stuff. And um, actually, we have an, another alumni event for the for the, for the guys from my from the guys from around the class. My, you know, I'm in the same draft class as Dawkins. He got drafted, I didn't, but it was the same year. We actually have a, a, he actually has a golf tournament because he'll he'll be here actually out over the next couple of weeks. So you, it'll be like you got you guys will see a bunch of the old guy older guys from my era. We'll be around town around these next couple of weeks, so it'll be around. A, I want to say things probably start tomorrow on the 11th. Some some things and then we got some uh, stuff at Live. Uh, I don't know if you guys did, at Live Casino, we're having some stuff. So if nice. you see us around, stop for a picture, say what's up and that, that's pretty much I got a golf, the golf tournament with jaws and stuff, and, and that's pretty much it, right? Right right now, yeah, stay, tuned for, stay tuned for uh, other, other stuff. That sounds uh, like you've got a busy things. calendar.
1: We'll uh, yes. stay in touch with you. One last thing if okay. you're doing a get together with the rookies, don't stand next to Jordan because if you do, you're not going <laughs> to be able to sell that six foot three thing. You stand next to him, they're going to go, No, that Thomas well, Thomas is only six foot.
9: Well, if I've I stood I next to Jordan Mulatto. Who who, okay. who 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 dwarfs me? And then <laughs> <laughs> the the, weir- the weirdest thing in the world is when when you're di- when you my size and you're wide, you make you still. he's like man, the other guy doesn't look that tall standing so next year It's Like eh, because I belong in the same co- I belong in the same room. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
9: and actually, it's it- gonna be that now. See, I may have some more information about RIV then because the uh, the Novic we're gonna be at Novicare they're gonna have actually a barbecue. Oh uh, they, uh, they yes and so the so the chefs at care. they have great ribs too. I don't know if they mix in, but they do. <laughs> I always
2: smell that walking by to the practice field house. Oh, That's yeah. tough, man. <laughs>
9: yeah. And they, they took my advice and quit the uh the old chef, he used to make a lot of teriyaki stuff. That teriyaki was getting on my nerve. <laughs> okay. Hollis, it's always a pleasure. Appreciate
1: you hopping on board. Good to catch up with your brother. Enjoy all your uh, gatherings with your fellow Eagle alumni. And we'll get <laughs> you back on again soon enough.
9: Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me on, Jody. Our Jack, pleasure. John. That
1: is Hollis Thomas. Thanks, Hollis. Uh, good dude. And the man does know his food. You can tell by looking at him. And I know because I sat down with him uh, on several occasions. Does know Good eats when it comes to it. I'm going to have to try the Popeye fish.
2: No, if you go yeah, to Popeye's, you get yeah, chicken. I, I, yeah, He said it changed his life, so I'm going to have to give it a try. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to give it a try once, but, you know, typically if I'm going to Popeye's, I'm getting chicken.
1: You're getting chicken. Why would you go to Popeye's for anything else? But he said try the fish, so we're going to have to do that. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. we still got a couple minutes left. Need to put a bow on the show.
3: field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank
4: do you stream on a roku fire stick android tv or apple tv now you can watch 6abc 24 7 with the 6abc philadelphia streaming app The big
5: story and that can you- search 6abc philadelphia and start streaming today to learn more about who we are, what we do, and
6: career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
7: Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this...
6: so good, it just disappears.
1: McMullen and McDonnell coming down the home stretch on a uh, Tuesday for 365. Thank uh, Hollis Thomas and Scott Grayson, our guests, for hopping on. Uh, good catching up with Hollis. Uh, for those of you who did jump in while Hollis was on or here in the second half of the show, um, John caught it on the internet, uh, I think, back at the end of hour number one. Tom Brady will be back quarterbacking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. But sometime shortly thereafter... Could be the season after that, or the season, or the, who the hell knows how long Brady mm. is going to continue to play. But apparently, he's come to an agreement to become the lead football analyst for Fox. Troy Aikman's been doing it for over a decade. He moved to
2: ESPN this year. They elevated uh, the I former. I can't even Titan- keep it straight, Chatty. Who's at Amazon? Who's at ESPN? I can't even keep it straight. Yeah, there there are many
1: an athlete. I know for a fact that Aikman went to ESPN, and Joe Buck followed him which surprised the heck out of me because I didn't think Joe would give up baseball. ESPN has got baseball, but they got all their announcers in play. So Buck's not even doing baseball. Mm-hmm. All he's doing is the the football games and he got paid pretty well to just go do that. So more power to Joe Buck. Um, but Tony Romo uh, looked like he was, he became the highest paid color analyst. Aikman stayed right off his flank by going to ESPN. How much do you think they're going to have to pay Brady to do this?
2: More than more than Tony gets. Um, I think it starts there. Um, I think he's going to be the highest paid, so it's going to be quite a bit. Did Al go to – Al Michaels, did he go to Amazon? Amazon, yeah. He's yeah. going to be the play-by-play yeah. guy for Amazon. So who's doing NBC Sunday Night Football? Do we know yet? Yeah, Tarico. Okay.
1: Mike Tariko's right. taking over. They had him in place. Uh, it's going to be Collinsworth. We thought that Drew Brees at some point was going to move into that mix. He really hasn't. They sparingly use Drew Brees, but he gets paid pretty good to not be a main primetime game guy. Uh, Good for you, Drew. He's on my TV uh, doing living your bet life every time I turn around. So he's not hurting for cash. He's getting paid big by NBC and he's uh, doing commercials all the time for wagering. So Drew Brees doing okay, even though he's not quarterback in the New Orleans Saints anymore.
2: Well, I would uh, getting back to the original question. Yeah, I would think it starts with $1 more than Tony Romo. Um, So whoever the highest paid one is, I think Tom's getting more than that. Not that he needs it, obviously. He's the pauper in the family uh, to begin with. So um, yeah, the Brady's are doing just fine. What if he says, I need to be paid more
1: than not Tony Romo, but the highest paid quarterback in the game because I'm doing a primetime game every week. Aaron Rodgers sometimes plays Sunday at one in a game that isn't watched by as many people. No, no, I'm driving the bus here. Uh, yeah, that's the number we start the uh, negotiation at, not uh, compared to other announcers, but compared to other quarterbacks because. I still think of myself as a quarterback now with announcing duties.
2: You know, it's, I would say no, but it is interesting. Um, because Tom obviously doesn't need the money. So it, it's not like he's going to get, uh, do it for the love of the game. Maybe he is, maybe he just wants something to do, um, but I would think to get him to do it, you got to go to a number probably you haven't been to before. I would, I would say that would be my guess and and it'll come out uh, because it's a public company. So it'll come out at some point. Um, I think it's going to be pretty significant. Um, and, and it's always kind of amazing. You know, we will use Tony as the, and I, as good as he is. And I said, he's, the most natural I've ever seen. Do people really watch football games because of who the announcers are? I, I don't, I don't
1: I, John, I don't, I'm going to give you an honest uh, opinion here. When Madden and Summerall did it, I did my research and Oh, by the way, there was no internet then. So you had to like uh, scour newspapers to be able to try and get information. I would make sure I knew what the Madden Summerall game was All right. after that. I'm watching the game. I'm watching what is nationally broadcast. I'm not specifically watching because, oh, my God, this guy's the greatest analyst of all time. I don't know if that's the case anymore. But when Madden was at his peak, I do believe that was the case.
2: Fair enough. Uh, I I I certainly have never – I don't think I've ever watched a game because of announcers. Um, and, and generally, now, you might notice and say so-and-so – Wow, he's not doing a good job on this game, or so and so's doing a great job. But oh, um, Eagle fans are always willing to tell yeah. you when the other, when an yeah.
1: announcer's not well, doing luckily, a good I job. Don't, I don't... And God forbid they think he's favoring the, the yeah. other team. Which Man, I, catch- I, I say all no. the
2: time, I think people would, would be shocked to see how many Philadelphia based uh, TV guys there are, mainly because, you know. Uh, NFL Films is still in Mount Laurel but for years I mean that was the hub of sort of NFL broadcasting until they moved the network out to Los Angeles but um, they'd be amazed how many people were actually Eagles fans that they thought weren't Eagles fans and they thought were against the Eagles uh, just because of that um, but yeah my, my only point is I mean I'm going to watch the game no matter what, if I'm gonna watch a game. Now, when I'm covering the Eagles, I don't get to hear the announcing, so it doesn't really affect me that much. But um, if it's another NFL game, nobody's gonna stop me from watching the game. So yeah, I don't I don't I don't God bless them. I mean, to get that much money, but I don't understand uh the allure of of the big time. Uh, color commentator I think I think the play-by-play guys are more important to be honest you would think but no the color guys are the ones that get paid
1: all right uh John we will back we will be back here in 22 hours maybe there'll be some movement in the James Bradbury uh maneuvering um both you and I seem to rank him higher than you think the Eagles rank him and that will come down to be judged by how much the guy gets paid um one other question before we uh, adjourn and then uh, return in 22 hours. 22 hours from now, will Aaron Sipas still be the only punter on the Eagle roster?
2: Uh, yeah. They didn't even bring anybody in uh, for They had 19 tryout players. 19 tryout guys and not one of them was a punter. Not one How of the of hell did that happen? Punter. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't brought somebody in to compete with Aaron Sipas, but maybe they think, you know, he figured it out. He was pretty good early last season. So mainly maybe, maybe they think it's just a, a consistency problem. It's just a conditioning thing. And he's not used to kicking uh, 17 games. Um, who knows, but I'm surprised they don't you, have, him.
1: you are going to great lengths yeah. to cover for him, but yeah, well, yeah. I'm
2: surprised. No, I'm surprised they didn't bring in competition for Aaron Seapas. I'm not surprised they didn't bring in competition for Jake Elliott, but no. yeah, I thought Jake was see, good. Yeah. I thought we'd see a punter uh to at least push Aaron Seapas. Maybe we will, but it's not gonna be in the next twenty two hours.
1: If there is a new punter signed in the next twenty two hours, guaranteed we'll be talking about it. John McMullen, Jody McDonald. We'll be back on Birds 365 in 2 and 2.
0: You've been listening to Birds 365. On Birds 365.